um, what do you call it, secretaries? Who sure. runs a department of the government? They had right. to mm-hmm. go off, step off. Welcome to the Dresden Files podcast. <laughs> no, this is the geopolitical podcast. I don't know what you're talking about. It could be. We could just keep going with what we were talking about. So. Hey, you there want me to not demon- a single wanna... one of us qualified enough to do that? You want to demonetize really? this one? I'm at least as qualified as Trump was to run the country. So, uh, Trump, boom. Demon- okay, so Trump, Topical. Trump, COVID. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're demonetized. Death. Oh, okay. Death. Yeah. Oh, God. We actually Death might note. save demonetized now. <laughs> yeah, right. Demonetized has been demonetized. If you say demonetized, you can demonetize uh, three it's times. It's something about if you're not allowed to say certain things within the first 30 seconds. Like, we probably did say, I don't know. <laughs> we said Trump, we said COVID. I, I, I mean, it doesn't government. matter. They're still going to put advertisements on our video and charge you guys for it anyway. So. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, the so hot I, button uh, issue this week. I saw so. that. I saw that. Yes, I yeah. saw, uh, what's it called? The Wan Show from Linus Tech Tips. I watched that this morning, and they were talking about it. I was like, they had a good point. They're like, they're both of them were like, I'm surprised this hasn't been a thing the whole time. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah it's, it's one of those like somebody somewhere in, in YouTube's, you know, C level probably started twirling his mustache and they're like, wait a minute, why don't we do this? And we're like, eh, turn it on. And what are they going to do? Go to another platform? <laughs> <laughs> the other guy adjusts his monocle. So, you know. Yeah, I think specifically it's people who are not able to monetize yet or have like not gotten to the point of being able to technically turn it off. But so the tiny little so, channels that uh, like haven't gotten to the what 4,000 hour view threshold and the th- 1,000 scubs. Mm-hmm. So you, small fry, who cannot yeah. make money yet because of our arbitrary rules, yeah. will make money off you. We'll make money off you. So anyway, which podcast are we? Today we're Dresden. <laughs> the good one. The one people want to watch. The one where we get views. The one where we get views, dude. Yeah. All that sweet, sweet ad revenue. Right. Mm. Was yeah. there any news? Well, there's our news. Um, we are we Go have rescheduled. Yeah, uh, Jim will be coming on on a Friday, the fourth of December. So it'll be a day early. We will not be doing two that week. Um, well, we might depending <laughs> on how excited. Yeah, how excited how excitable these people get. And you'll have to wait and find out. Yeah, so it'll be a surprise. So just yeah. you know, if you want to click twice, feel free. But so you know, same time, same to place. Be- to Except be de- on Friday. To be determined, kind of, right? Except just on like, Friday. Yeah, just like, in yeah. case. Just well, as of right now, just like last time, as of right then, that's, that's right. what it's going to be. And, and the previous one. So, like, I'm not even, like, it doesn't even hurt my feelings at this point. I just feel like it's, like, uh, part of, of the method, right? Be like, it, who else gets to schedule him three times before he finally comes on the show? I'm just you saying. You need to say it three <laughs> times for proper <laughs> right. summoning. <laughs> let's, let's make this the last one. I didn't Great. even make you thank you today. thank you now I've got to be the creep at the next convention and be like why did you pull one of my hairs no reason you know, so <laughs> you don't have to you all you people like with your celebrities with the, gonna clone them by DNA <laughs> I'm gonna get the real thing so yeah but you were gonna do that anyway well I am now I mean it's like YouTube and monetizing why didn't I do that the whole time <laughs> Unreal. you've even got a baby you can sacrifice the baby come on no okay okay yeah. sweet. Yeah. As much as Justin might be willing, Amber will stop him. <laughs> no, yeah, no. I have... So it's a built-in fail. I can't even have parent. this conversation live on the air, but it's a hard no for me in case there's any doubts. So we'll talk offline, but no. That's that's when we'll get into yeah. the gray areas of when. It's it, right. 
Well, zombies. I'm just saying, like zombies is the exception. So I will not be the governor. We'll we'll leave it at that. So you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, so this episode is chapter eight, right? Because yes. is that where we got to? <laughs> yes, because we managed a pace of all of two chapters last time, six gotcha. and seven. Yeah, I left my other line in, so I was like, chapter six, what a great chapter. And okay, eight's better. So <laughs> Okay. Chapter eight, because Mab just spoke to all of the denizens of Chicago and saying uh shit's about to get crazy. And she's starting to lift the masquerade pretty much, and Harry starts like, oh, this is uh this is going to be intense. Everything is going to change, and Mab isn't trying to be subtle. Mab is dangerous when subtle, so Mab not being subtle is also dangerous. Or, er, I guess. No. How many books ago <laughs> he was like fuck subtle himself? So yeah. With I think with Mab's thing though is like as we see later in this book, when she's not being subtle, you should be afraid because she's even, she's being even more subtle because that's when mm. she's really being tricky. You know, like some of the scenes we get to later with like, you know, rods of iron and the unicorn and, you know, the eye blast and shit like that. Like she wasn't being subtle, but she was not putting her ass on the line either. Not really. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. Mab is the badass of this book. Yeah. She's, okay. yeah. That's fair. Okay, there is a gigantic owl that comes up from the battlements and then like goes towards the explosion as Listen Swain is going off to of the things that are now happening. And they he just falls off the roof because he can. Right. Yeah. And Harry is feeling very anxious because he knows that he needs to be moving. He needs to go to the fight. He needs to like help all the people. And he also knows that he needs to stay put and not do anything because he needs to save himself. And Ebenezer is like, yes, this is smart. You should do that. And it doesn't last for long. But they're kind of having a conversation of how much it sucks. Right. Yeah, I mean, um, they're, they're this is actually a great conversation. It's more like the stuff, at least I was hoping to get out of Ebenezer and like peace talks and less the, the family drama. It's almost like the good old days, you know, if you forget the fact that he killed him like 15 minutes ago in the book, you know, but, you know, they, they talk about a range of topics that, no, you don't get to go charging off to battle, even though you're used to being like the guy rallying everybody to go charge off into battle, you know, think about Chichen Itza or, you know, Deadbeat or a hundred other places, right? When is Harry sitting around with nothing to do? He's always doing something, even if it's not very smart. Mm -hmm. um, but then they also talk about like, you know, uh, Harry just kind of like, I don't know, the conversation meanders from what I remember to them talking about Harry getting out. And, you know, Ebenezer's like, I'll help you with that type of thing. And he's like, not without Molly. And he's like, oh, come on. You know, and he's like, not without Molly. Yeah. So, it, so I might be goes, skipping ahead a little bit, but. It, it does meander a little bit. So to, to recap, it's like, so they're starting about like, you need to stay put in order to throw your weight later. And yes, it sucks. And Ebenezer specifically really hates it because it's the same thing that he's watching happen to Harry that happened to Margaret of like he wasn't able to protect her. He didn't know what to say to her. She was getting in danger. Everyone was getting hurt and he can't stop it. And uh, Ebony says, you don't know how to sit things, things out, but you need to. And Harry's like, I should have had a better teacher on that point, maybe. But when it gets to the point of uh, trying to get Harry out of winter, it, he's mostly just says, 
that Mab is being very tricksy and everything that she is doing is to get Harry to lower his guard so that he will get eaten into winter even more. And then they try to get out, but not without Molly, even though Molly is one of the things that Ebenezer is saying is going to keep Harry in, obviously, for a lot longer still, not without Molly. And Harry does uh, reiterate that it was his choice with his eyes open. Which to call back to the previous conversation Mab had with Ebenezer was not given to him by the White Council. Great. Nope. That's my it's opinion. Not, it's not like these people would uh, not eat him alive too if they had the chance. So. Mm-hmm. Well, at least they're honest about it. They're not. Mab <laughs> is. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Uh, more explosions out in the city. Maybe a gas station goes up. Uh, but something happens near the Spartalf embassy, and so they're getting uh, more antsy. And Ebenezer points out that the archive is commanding from the Spartalves, and so she's over there in that side of the fight. Right. Then I have a discussion about the archive's neutrality. Uh, if the Titan wants to subjugate humanity, she must destroy literacy as part of the process. And so this is how Ebenezer is rationalizing why Ivy is fighting. And Harry thinks it's a little simpler than that of just, she's on the side of people. She's not just a robot. No people, no archive, so. Yeah, well, she likes people, I think. She might have once. Yeah. I mean, it's it's almost a little silly, too. Like, I I get Harry and Ebenezer's points, but, um, like, Ethnu isn't attacking like an accorded nation she's attacking the accorded nations and as a signatory all of them including the neutral parties are at stake right <laughs> you know so yeah. so that's that's why it's like i you know i if any of the other nations or satellite nations like the uh the um crap the um the hunters right the uh the latin kids the the nerds that they team up with and whatever the umbra um Venatory, Venatory, thank you. I was mixing the words, so I couldn't get the whole thing out. But yeah, if if the Venatory had been present, you know, they would have been fighting too. And they're, you know, usually like just on the coattails of of the the White Council and stuff like that. You know, like any of those minor nations that try not to get outside of their weight class. Like this is a fight for not just, you know, it's not like Ethnu came and started picking on the White uh, or the Winter Court. She picked on everybody, you know. Sure, it was pointed at Marcone and Mab because Marcone is, you know, the mortal representative present in Mab. It's her accords, but mm. you know, that's that's why the uh, the ghouls are like, "Yeah, peace out, no thanks. We are the eat people. We don't want to be eaten, so no thanks." But... The red cap disappears for a second comes back up with a big black nylon equipment bag and deposit it at molly and uh, molly says i'm just not feeling the suit for this kind of work and tells harry to go change and in it is his uh, ensorcelled leather duster his gun belt jeans a t-shirt um gigantic monster revolver shot barrel uh, short barreled coach gun and a couple of other things uh <laughs> And he says, I'm just a great big Ken doll for you people, aren't I? And she <laughs> yeah. points out, it, you're lucky that Leah isn't here because she's out at the outer defenses. Yep. You're going to get those big pauldrons again. 
Mm. What was that? There'd be a lot more hands-on about it. You can oh, yeah, for sure. Then Molly says, I won't be here for you tonight. I can't tell you, but it's necessary, and it's got to be me. And as uh, frustrated as he is, or as suspicious as he gets, it's Molly. He trusts her, and if she says it's important, he's just going to go with it. Which is probably a good thing, the way that things turn out. Because yeah. it had to be her for a couple of reasons. So, oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> she gets along good with kids. <laughs> right. And more explosions. Mm. And he's getting more uh, distressed and more assassin squid. And he's kind of watching people wander around. Like Christos is wandering around, uh, looking dignified and severe and talking to Ebenezer. And there's a squid that gets shot down by a lacuna and it's like falls onto the map that Vaterung is looking at. He just picks it up and throws it off. And then hands her back the lance, right? Yes, so, yes, he like, hands it back looking. to her. <laughs> so, yeah. It's just a cute little moment between them. So. Mm -hmm. so he goes down to the locker room next to the gym, and then we get moments of, of uh, locker talk. Busy. Yes. He and he and Marcone from oh, the yeah. trailer. It's just yeah, the locker room. They're just changing. Come on, get your heads out of the gutter, you weirdos. Did All you forget shippers. the next step in the dressing process, Dresden? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so bad sexual too, reconnaissance. Like, yeah. And oh, the actors in that trailer, they did such a good job. <laughs> right. With massive dignity, yes. I put on my pants one leg at a time. <laughs> and Ari uh, actually gives Marcone a compliment of, I saw you earlier facing Ethnew. That took guts. And Marco just says, ouch, that must have hurt. <laughs> yeah. Also, thanks for exposing yourself. Mm. I never really appreciated before how good McCone can be at sass. Oh, yeah. How have you I not mean, appreciated that before? Yeah. I don't know. He doesn't pay attention. I like, don't know. I just never I really think... really appreciated it before. Like, But this book, I was really like, you know, McCone is really good at sass, too. Yeah, Tristan, Marcone, and Ebenezer are like the three, you know. Like well, the there's a reason Dresden hates him so much is because he can give it as good as he gets. Right. Everyone else is a supernatural power and just kind of looks at him like he's an alien speaking another language. Marcone's like, <laughs> no, yeah. I get you and I'm better than you. Right. I get you, but I will not deign to <laughs> bring myself down to your level, mm -hmm. so, even though I'm just a vanilla mortal. Pretty much. Yeah. Marcone points out Allegedly. Um, that... Uh, Harry kept quiet throughout the whole thing with Ethneo. Harry tries to say, well, maybe I'm finally learning my lesson. No, no, that's not it. Yeah. <laughs> the only way that would have happened is, frankly, is if you had not been present, but yeah. you saw it. So how is that working? Great. Dresden, while I have enjoyed working with your queen and find her business practices admirable, do not presume any sort of personal amity between us at all. I shall will not need to explain how severely I will be obliged to react to you should you engage in any of your typical shenanigans in violation of my territory or my sovereign rights under the accords. Like, like really? stealing away right his now? brother? Testosterone yeah. size? Or stealing away his castle. Great. <laughs> I want my lad back. 
Which, I mean, as it turns out, he could have just left Thomas there because he gets the castle anyway. So, um, right, would have saved so much time. Probably would have gotten Thomas his effects him. though. But like the other thing that annoys me about it, right, is that Marcone really he put his hand in the wood chipper on that one because he's dealing with fairies. If in front of Mab and all the accorded people, he says, "I want my lab back," and Marcone took the fucking castle. He would have been within his rights, but he left it to Harry. So that's a very good point. I'm just saying, you know, like, here you go. Here is a burnt patch of land where your lab used to be. So. Yeah. That would have been great. Yeah. He lives in like, like a it would have been the kind of petty we would expect from Marcone and Dresden. And well, it would have been, been a, kind, it been a kind of pathetic that Dresden should be expected to have basically right. living in a trap door on the, <laughs> in a smoldered ruin. Right. Yeah. He's got a few million dollars still, doesn't he? So. He, and he keeps acting like he's poor, so I don't know what happened with all of his well, diamonds. One, he's got a fence yeah. of diamonds, which he doesn't know how to do. Two, he doesn't get to have nice things, so you know he's going to have to give them all up in one shot to satisfy some sort of debt or bribe or other at some point. Right. That's why he needs to open these franchises, because a Burger King and a Pizza Express are going to carry him a long way. It'll at least pay for the upkeep for the castle. I he imagine, should get a real so. pizza oven in there. Also, you've got to keep your staff fit, right? Right. So... He doesn't. He's not going to get stuff. He's just got the fairies, and they work for pizza. Yeah, exactly. That's he the should, same difference. But he should buy a pizza express. <laughs> right. Cut no, out. He should get man. an actual wood fire oven, which doesn't really require electricity on his part, and learn to make pizza. But well, then, then it won't be a pizza express pizza. No, yeah, but he's... it'll deepen the connection because it'll be handmade, and they'll be even more loyal. If he gets a wood fire oven, I'm afraid of him making it Chicago style, in which case it's not worth it. Like just, we had that he already gets from Pizza Express. I don't think it's Chicago style. I'm just saying if I could bring the dig in one more time, it's worth it. So yeah. Is it actually actually ever really described if it's a deep dish or not? It's just as pizza. Could it's be deep dish. It's I can't imagine pizza. So there's no way it's deep dished, and even if it is, it is not normal Chicago deep dish. It, exactly. Yeah, that was gonna be you you can't take you can't be flipping it out domino style and be actual deep dish with the amount of time that takes. So the locker room. <laughs> yeah. So the, they are measuring testosterone sizes, yes. and Marcone just points out, "I have no intention of dying tonight," which he's actually able to say with confidence. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I only wish you to be aware that I mean to continue as I have begun. After tonight, I will still be here, and you, by God, will show respect. And he's like, or what? I will right. pursue my rights under Mab's accords, and she will not protect you. Well, if if Harry steps out of line, but there's a whole Sounds lot like of I should let the accords fall, if that's what you're saying. <laughs> Just let the whole thing burn? Yeah. Not quite. And Harry, like, yeah, if I get caught breaking the laws, Mab is not going to protect because the laws are really important and he'll be host. But um, as long as we're being honest, Harry says, you should probably know that I still think you're a prick. I still think you're responsible for a lot of good people getting hurt and I'm going to tear you down one day. And uh, the thing that is scariest about this entire book is when people smile. Right. Marcone smiles and says, excellent, and then leaves the locker room. Well, they have a little bit of a conversation about Schrodinger's courage, right, as, as part of that. So Yeah, I kind of skipped so, it because it was like, that took important. cuts and it was brave. Yeah. It's like, like it, or the insurance adjuster is just going to like screw me no matter what. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
back to the roof and mm. Harry has his normal get up and it's too hot in summer for his leather duster, but he's wearing it anyway. Well, function over comfort. And then not the, first, not the first time we've heard that. Nope. Because he's a big Won't be the last either. Oh, no, no. Or he could just learn to enchant the t-shirt and this wouldn't be such a big deal. <laughs> what about his arms? You, well, you want him to see ink on him? Yeah. Oh, we should totally do ink. Yeah. All right. That's He's going to have to go old school, like Maori cool. style, because you can't use an yeah. electric one on it. Yeah. Well, it's so not someone's like going to have to, like, chisel and hammer it into him. Yeah. Which would be amusing, but, I mean, he's not going to do it. I mean, he won't even feel it anyway. That's true. At the moment, he won't. So yeah. now's the time. Yeah. With the winter mantle. Jim, if you watch this episode, you're going to thank us later. What? With the winter mantle, heal the, the tattoo before it would stick. No. Have you not been paying so. attention to Dr. Butters? The winter mantle isn't healing him at all. It's just allowing him to endure more. First of all, we don't take Butters' opinion. <laughs> he's a doctor. First, he's not a doctor. He's a mortician. He has a PhD, doesn't he? He deals with people's shit when he it stops He doesn't have an working. MD, so we can quibble about that. He's not a medical working. doctor. But, he's uh, not an anything. He's a cadaver doctor. He deals but you with just all said the doctor, so he's a doctor. Working. Fine. Look, if you're a rear admiral, doctor, you're so. still an admiral, right? So oh, I'm just saying. Of the unimportant part of the ship. <laughs> anyway, so then comes the who cares what Butters thinks. Okay. Uh, Everybody hey. should care what Butter thinks, and that's just that. Yeah, I listen to my doctors and scientists. Thank you. So. Yeah. Well, if you're going to your doctor, as <laughs> who's a mortician, <laughs> you're probably not going to last very long, because he has a vested interest in making sure you end up that way sooner than later. That's work for him. Not Butters, anyway. I mean, he's also a Knight of the Cross, so we know for a fact he's not secretly bilking me for money. So mm, shitty at that too. Yeah, bilking people for money. Sure, <laughs> that's what I meant. Okay, so up on the roof, uh, Earl King is pointing out that uh, the things are moving, and uh, some of his troops are moving around, and everyone is getting closer. And again, it's like, okay, keep focused. Don't go out and do anything stupid. Be focused. But the uh, fires and all of the contacts are happening even closer. And this is when Einherjar actually points out uh, the Huntsman, I think, for the first time and is trying to fire at them. And it doesn't really do much. And they Marcon just get off the street and into people's houses. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. So Marcon said, hold fire unless the enemy engages us. And so they stop firing at the neighborhood and the huntsmen just go into houses and people are screaming. The people who lived on Harry Dresden Street and they're only being targeted because Marcon set up shop in his castle on where Harry lived because his neighbors are going to be affected by Harry. And the, all of his guilt just wrapped right. up in one thing. It's people so... are screaming. And then the baby. Stupid. Yeah. Like... His yeah, neighbors it, never had any communication with, as far as we know. But no, they lived on my block, and this was my area, so it's mine. As yeah. far as we know, because the books are from the perspective of a rough weekend of Harry Dresden, as, as opposed to the other 360 days out of the year. He talks to his landlady enough. Um, yes, on his way past her at a sprint. <laughs> he's also yeah. the guy, he can't handle a conversation with people, because he's got to look around like he's spastic. That was like so many books ago like that's every book it's ongoing it's not like <laughs> that, that condition ever. hasn't gone away if this first chapter is supposed to tell us anything yeah yeah uh it's, 
So Dresden is very pointedly saying, we have to help them. And even Vaterung is saying, that is not our role in this fight. And a baby screams. Oh, and no. Ebenezer says, no, don't do it. And Matt is like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to do the thing. Don't do the thing. I'm doing all the thing. I'm doing the thing. Hey, look, he's doing the thing. I told you all people. he was going to do the thing. Right. I can't help it. It's my favorite thing. Well, what's what's funny about this, too, is like looking at it from Mav's perspective, like on the one hand, she can say, I told you so. On the other hand, she clearly seems to understand his nature better than even Ebenezer, right? Or even Vaterung. But but then the third point is she's happy that he's doing this while the other guys are sitting on their hands. So she wants him to defend mortals? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So well, that, that's kind of interesting. Or do well, you think she's just let him off the leash and go be Harry Dresden? Well, know? it's several fold. One, he's basically going into a real war for the first time. Even Kitchen Eats is kind of whatever. So she gets to see how he operates on battlefield conditions. Speaking on a whole nation of supernaturals. That's different. It was different. Yeah. He was on their territory, for instance. Now she gets to see if he can essentially figure out the banner, which he does. Right. He would know about that kind of thing. He doesn't. This, that, and the other thing. He needs to have skin in the game, again, to go back to. But he already does because... He's the one who's supposed to take down Ethnio, but if he doesn't have a personal interest in it either, then what if he's, you know, that, that'll that help his willpower, theoretically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every, I mean, Ebenezer's got a vested interest in keeping him away. Vatarung is just going for the tactical approach because he doesn't right. care one way or the other. And yeah. the, the like, Dumb, do you? Collateral damage is not going to help or hinder them winning the day, but losing right. Harry Dresden will. So yeah, I, I understand Vaterung's pragmatic approach that and he's got a few more, you know, thousands of years looking at it that way than Harry does, you know, but, but yeah, it's like, yeah, man, in the moment, most of us, uh, I mean, certainly if we've got, you know, Dresden's moral compass, we would have vaulted that wall. I mean, maybe we would have taken the stairs, but still like we would have been in the streets. You know, so. Or at least taken, you know, made ourselves a floaty potion like he's done before. <laughs> land normally. I'm I'm saying there are options, and jumping off the castle wall was the the least smart of them, so the most Dresden of them. But the most dramatic, <laughs> yes. definitely the most cinematic of it. But the superhero landing, it's so. Wrong. And the most unrealistic because he didn't land in a dumpster, which is what exactly would have happened to him <laughs> if it was really Dresden. Right. Uh, I wonder if there's a specific thing that Mab wants of Harry defying all of the establishment. Like, it's more separation, maybe. You know, that's all she's... That seemed to be the game, like, at least the first game, this book, right, was separating him from his friends and allies one way or another, right? Like, that's why she's rummeted in Ebenezer's nose and Batarung's nose. The difference is Ebenezer's going to play the game no matter how smart he thinks he is, and Batarung's going to play the game, but in the fourth dimension because he's not going to get his feelings hurt because that just plays into her, you know, into her game, so... You know, he well, he's seeing that she's winning, but he's not going to turn around and be petty about it. You know, Vatarung's also got time. He's going to keep going. Exactly. Ebenezer's on, you know, his last couple decades tops. I'll yeah. say that. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm the one that told you people this was a red herring. He was going to die in these books. Don't tell me like that when you're getting all offended about this. You had him dead already. I didn't want him to die. <laughs> no, but you didn't believe in him. I believe in Ep. You killed him. When I had to do okay, when I first came on the show, it was I couldn't pick between Butters and Ep. And I was told to kill one of them. Well that's insane. 
Yeah. I guess those are my two favorite characters. And well, and I'll sold I have to kill one of them and I insta killed butters. Good. So you made the right decision ultimately. Yeah. I believe in it. We can't have not have the black staff. For now. Graham Peppy. Yeah, so he makes it out of the end of the series. But. I think my favorite part of his jump is the fact that River Shoulders didn't think or talk or anything. He just came with yeah. him. And yeah, so, River Shoulders just, yeah. just going with. Now and you've got Bigfoot behind you. Let's with dance. With class. Yeah. Well, well he can handle it. He's friggin'. Dresden's roar is tinny, and then, you know, <laughs> he shows him what a roar actually looks like. So Yeah. It's exactly like the Lion King thing of, like, this is a roar. It's a roar. No, this is a roar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that would have worked if, in this case, River Shoulders died because he's Mufasa in this analogy. Oh, geez. Not yet. He's not. He hasn't done the training montage. So maybe next book. So. <laughs> okay. Chapter nine starts with them getting into a fight. Does it? Hold up. Did we just do a whole chapter? We did a chapter. It's not in our contract. Yeah. To do that. It's it's only been well, twenty. Thanks minutes, for watching so. the Dresden Files podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh. We might actually get through three today at this rate. <laughs> That's still very optimistic. Okay, Harry is trying. This is to, all fighting. So is yeah. Harry's trying to let the the winter mantle do its thing, and he comes across one of the huntsmen. He doesn't know what that name is yet, though. Um, and it looks almost human, skin the color of wet ashes, six and a half feet tall, very lean, ropey muscle. And yeah, Harry very a, human. Harry uh, hair as. A mane, ferocious, with feathers and claws and crap. Superhuman. Yeah. I mean, to me, I just took it as like they were wearing headdresses or something, not like this was all part of their thing. So, which is fine. Again, it would be like Chichen Itza. They had feathery garb right. shit because they were Mayan. And they are shrieking and they've Something's got spears and the spears flash and they shoot lasers. They're totally the Jaffa from, you know. From Stargate. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking of the Stargate yeah. people. Like, come on, they're running around with staffs that shoot like bolts of energy. Yeah. And they're running in units and they've got their headdresses on and whatever. Oh, and they work for a death god. Like, the whole fucking thing. It was like, okay, okay, okay. so they're Welsh instead of, you know, Egyptian. Now that you've pointed it out, <laughs> I'm a big Stargate fan. I didn't pick up on that. Oh, but, wow. Yeah. Okay, I've never uh, seen Stargate, so I didn't pick up on it. We should probably. Not even the uh, old movie. The movie was good. Not zero thing. All of it is good. Stargate maybe maybe is... an episode of SG One accidentally when I was a child. But... Stargate is great. There's nothing bad about Stargate. You say mm. that about a lot of things, and yeah. I found your. <laughs> I, your I believe in EG's ability to take issue with something somewhere, and of and course. forget the fact that this because show is like thirty EG years old. So. Is just the biggest. <laughs> well, at least Ever. he's committed to the bit. So. Yeah. I mean, I you know, if you would. swore in Swedish, we wouldn't even know. So Exactly. I don't even think that uh, YouTube would demonetize that net. <laughs> yeah, and it would be all the more impressive because he keeps telling us he's not Swedish. So Right. Yola <laughs> fitta. That was actually <laughs> Swedish. loca to you too, buddy. See, so. he knows it. Yet I am not Swedish. Prove it. All right, all right. So they okay. fight the husband. Harry kills one of them, and then it, the creature's body goes ragdoll, and then like the skin goes all flabby. And amorphous and River Shoulders is still uh, turning, going through the house and roaring very right. intimidatingly. Intimidatingly. Uh, yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. 
and there's how, how many did you get three i got seven <laughs> you know, like, it's okay. like gimli oh. and legolas except that gimli is the size of a truck so but and more effective right yeah because i think it is like dresden gets like two and then he comes out he's like i got 10 and like they don't even really acknowledge the fact and then you know that's because well, he's like, like oh shit we missed one yeah smoke we missed one which is great because now we know how they swear uh, you know, so, but yeah, it, it, it's such a great moment because then they turn around and it's like, yep, he big. So, yeah. And big so there's Huntsman. some of the descriptions of as the, the rest of them are getting bigger and harder to kill. It's like, hey, this is taking more power. And uh, River Shoulders kind of says, like, these are huntsmen, kill them quickly. What does that mean? It means kill them quickly. Like, yeah. quit fucking around and shoot somebody. Each that falls gives its strength to its pack mates and guns and bullets and fighting and stabbing and then he smashes the big one with a sedan so so and dragon's breath shows up just because it's cool right how many did you kill three you nine well okay then There you go. Yeah, that was, those are the numbers, and there are always 13. Right. And is that connected to outsiders in any way, or am I just seeing the pattern? It's a magical numbers? number, right? Because he oh, talks yes. about like the maximum number of wizards that you can put towards a spell is 13, and you mm. know, there's other stuff like that. So there's that, Max Bar, which we have known everyone single time we walk in there is 13 everything. Right. So 13 in a pack seems. Right. It, it's probably. I mean, if we if we reverse engineer that only thirteen people can put themselves into a ritual, then thirteen's the maximum pack size because that's the maximum number of, you know, of uh, metaphysical energy you can put into it. So, you know, fourteen's just right out. So it just seems weird for the outsiders to have to stick to the same rules when they. Well, they're not outsiders. Really they're in reality. Well, no, yeah. not, huntsmen are fine, but the um, corner hounds. Right, oh, they're in reality. They, they got to play by the rules. Yeah. But they don't follow many of the rules. That's they still have to follow some of them. I mean, I'm I'm they kind still of need a body. Yeah, because like they were trying to breathe the air, and they were dealing with gravity and and viscosity and things that they wouldn't otherwise deal with in the outside. So, it it was a really cool moment for for seeing some of that stuff. Right, they it it really was more than. You know, oh well, it's got tentacles, therefore it's an outsider that you get from a lot of sources. That he actually kind of went into, you know, they are battling physics as much as anything. Now that doesn't matter nearly as much as you would hope that it would, because they'll still eat your face. But it is a thing they have to deal with, and their bursty moments being, you know, kind of an emergent property of dealing with all of the differences and stuff. But, but yeah, that's a good point. I forgot they were thirteen as well. So. And I really forgot about the, like, you can only have 13 in a spell. So right. they'd mm. seem like the Huntsman and the Corner you're, Hounds. I think you're forgiven since that comes up in Stormfront, right? You know, <laughs> like... You're not forgiven if you don't remember every single word of that book. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so... I think they so might have gonna, mentioned it again in quote for us uh, Ghost Story now? Because that one's not even nearly as long ago and you hate it more, so... I, just because I hate it doesn't mean I don't know what happens in it. Okay. That's part of the reason I hate it, is I know what happens in it. Okay, so uh, the last one gets uh, smushed by a sedan because River Shoulders is able to do that. Um, and then Harry, demand <laughs> Harry demands answers as like, they are Welsh creatures, huntsmen of the lands of the dead. Whole pack makes their spears from their blended blood over years, forges them together. Very bad. 
and th- those were scouts. And so Harry's like, that's not fair. Why does their bad guys are so much better? Well, listen, yeah. he stopped the good bad guys from going out. She was ready to throw the mocks out there, and he's like, no, let me use little tiny fairies instead. Right. They could have had their equally badass bad guys, but yeah, no. the mocks are still out there. They're just yeah. being sneaky instead of being killing. The so. mocks still get their spotlight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, later. But it was good. Super good. Uh, And Harry starts talking to the people in the house that are still alive and tries to introduce himself. I used to live in Mrs. Spunkle Creep's old place. And the guy comes out like, with the dog? Yeah, yeah, the big dog. Mouse. They know. You see how much interaction they had with these people? Zero. But they know Because the dog dog has got better social skills. Everyone knows the dog. That's the point. He's a dog. Look, if if I were like a 12 foot tall dog that was 400 pounds, people would know me too. They would know yeah. me as they ran back inside their house when I came down the street. So, yeah. and 12 Harry's 12 feet. The dog is still like six feet. So Harry's trying to like go to the castle, get in the castle because the castle's going to be safe. And oh, never mind the Sasquatch. He's with me. And the guy's like, "What?" Although he doesn't <laughs> Spanish, <laughs> just roll with it. It's fine. Okay, it's all good. Yeah. He's wearing and a tuxedo. What's the big deal? He's got his glasses still. Uh, so they start rounding up the rest of the people in the neighborhood, and they all get to the castle. And Harry has to like badger Marcone to let them in because they need shelter. Uh, Marcone says, "I am not a charitable organization, but if you want to be Lord of the Chicago, talk is cheap. Act like it." Right. And Marcone says, "You're right. Talk is cheap. Come inside." Yeah, it's such it's such a great moment because he really gets him in with the words, you know, with the mm-hmm. wordplay. It's like you're Lord of Chicago. Well, so. he also has a little side conversation with Matt for half a second, I think, right? Oh sure. yeah. Uh Mab puts a hand on Marcone's arm in restraint and says something. And Marcone locked eyes with Mab. Then he simply looked at her hand and arched an eyebrow. She withdrew it, her eyes narrowed, and then Marcone says, Okay. Mm-hmm whatever that meant. And Mab still doesn't know that he took up the Denarian coin yet, I guess. See, and it's funny too, because like in retrospect, as we're going through this, right? Why doesn't Ethnew know, right? Like I could I could mm. probably see Mav, I could probably see some of the other powers either not knowing or not acknowledging, but it, Ethnew recognizes some of these guys by name, like they're on her power level or or higher even depending on on where you want to be so how she doesn't just like walk in the room make eye contact with basically two people uh marcone being one of them and not realize you know and uh, that's so i don't know maybe he didn't have him on him at the time or she didn't pick up the shadow or you know i could speculate but yeah I, i definitely like there were plenty of ways to be outed earlier and maybe it's just writing meta and this was the most dramatic way to reveal it instead oh yeah he's not Uh, active i mean i guess it depends because you would expect someone like like you could just look at nicodemus but that's because he's nicodemus he's had it for two thousand plus years right and so there's there's no difference essentially yeah and duriel but like you said he was and duriel's active he's out and moving around he's always he's spazzing out in the background all the time yeah, so even the mortals realize something is up if they don't realize that that's a fallen angel back there versus, you know, certainly once you see the eyes come out, you know, everybody knows. But uh, right. yeah, but you, you've got a good point. And like I said, if anybody should have recognized it, it should have been Ethnew because of their conversation later. So mm, oh, it she recognizes be. him right away, at least when he's active. 
It could be some, I, I wonder about MAB if it's some question almost like intellect is if you have to ask the question to be able to realize it. Because as soon as Harry gives her the hint, she puts it together. Sure. I, I could see that because of how intellectus has been described to work, but yeah. Well, we also don't know what, I mean, she has it as far as winter is concerned. She can just like, she knows instinctively everything that you have to do to be winter and where all her winter forces would be and things like that. Mm -hmm. I imagine it still requires something of an angelic mother level where you're just like, Hey, is that person supernatural? And then you just click. Right. This is a person in chat or, asking where the brothers Scruff were. And in general, that made me think that the summer forces were very light. They were. I, I am I'm retroactively going to justify it until I hear otherwise that if the assault was big enough, they would have been out helping at the gates, but I have zero proof for that. Yeah, right. There's only two brothers Scruff left, right? Unless I mean, I guess well, he didn't kill them. He just <laughs> didn't he, he incapacitated he, them. Didn't he kill the younger cross? No, he no. poisoned them with iron. But that's why Tiny was so mad. Right, Tiny got you know ambushed by the Hobbs, but he was able to phase out. You know, my namesake is just chill, chilling. So it's just chilling. He's like full body well, he would have been handy to have at this point. So that's why I assume it's like, okay, maybe we were off doing something else. Right important at a place where all of reality depends or, on. I wonder how powerful he is. I mean, we know he's pretty powerful. He's yeah, above, I mean, above senior. He can he can take on and uh, Nanaria, no problem. I mean, I tend to think he's probably somewhere around where Leah is. You know, sure. Yeah. I'd like seems, to see her in this fair. book, too. That actually seems like a very fair comparison. With Leah level. No, he's like the close second. Of, if, again, assuming this is what he is. If he's like Titania's kind of close second emissary type deal yeah i mean part of the problem is he's probably leah level now because we had general what's his nuts in summer night you know the the centaur slash ogre slash house you know yeah, yeah but they so, weren't as strong like they were important but they weren't as strong they were kind of like what i see is like red cap they're just upper chi who because they were attached to aurora the way the red cap right. attached Molly. But I thought I thought they acknowledged him. I mean, like with the title general, like I thought he was helping her because he had to because she's the lady, but he would normally be, you know, up in that upper echelon. But you're probably right, you know, maybe well, he was Talos like was a red lord. Cap. I don't remember if they called him a general specifically, but either way, right. if he is or he isn't, it, it's still a battle that's happening. Right. And you know, up in nether Chicago. Yeah, and the, the other thing, though, is especially with the she, because of what we saw in Summer Night and the books, you know, following that, like, sure, the outer gates are being attacked, but Mab probably didn't slack in the defenses of winter because then Summer might have tried something and Summer can't, you know, move their forces around willy nilly because they're afraid winter's going to do something. I'm, you know, but we know from this book, especially that pretty much assume whatever Mab knows, Titania knows. So Titania has got to know about the gates, presumably, if that's the case. Oh, yeah, she knows. So, yeah, it just, it seems like, I don't know, it's a very interesting balance of power, you know, for all of that. So, I mean, we know they have forces there, even if they're just acting as medics, so it's not a stretch to say they may true. have lent some active forces for this particular event going down. That's a good point, yeah. The only people who, I mean... Even one of the mothers was there for like a hot second. So, right. <clears throat> okay. 
Chapter 10, we do mm -hmm. make good progress if uh, we skip over the blow by blow. The fight. Um, yeah, do that. <laughs> yeah. Skip the blow by blow. Uh, so, Castle's doing stuff, and the Einhyarn has started to run around. Castle's the castle's doing stuff. Um, the castle is Voltron. It does stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, uh, the Earl King himself came down to oversee the downing of the last of the uh, huntsmen in the neighborhood. A couple of the largest Einhyarn are fighting the thing with claymores and they're having the greatest time the one that lara left unconscious was missing viking christmas right and harry is asking some more questions of what is that place where the huntsmen come from again and i don't know how to speak welsh i'm probably going to mispronounce this it's just how it's spelled but river shoulder says anivin yeah. welsh land of the dead ruled by aron once mm -hmm. upon a time, but the tuatha settled his hash back in the day just like ethnia did to poor gwyn abnus Right. Um, and the metal spears is some kind of iron alloy. Harry is kind of figuring it out. And he thinks it, it runs on hate. In order to get it to fire, you have to hate hard enough. And River Shoulder says that sounds about right. Mm -hmm. And uh, now they have to get Harry's arm back in the socket because he's dislocated it. And River says, okay, on three, one, and pulls. <laughs> <laughs> right, because that's how you do it. So. Yeah. And after Harry can talk again, it's like, okay, that was worth it. Except that fucking sucked. <laughs> well, and then we get the uh, indication of why the Fulmore have been scooping mm. up people, which yes. is what we always figured it was for, but now you get yeah. kind of the confirmation. Uh, it makes them easy to lure forward and impossible to drive away with the, their need of hate. It's not possible to contain more than a handful of such creatures for any length of time. The enemy has been breeding this batch uh, up of late. This is being sped by the Earl King. Mm -hmm. And Harry's like, yeah, they've been taking people since the Red Court, and now we know why. And Harry's like, wait, wait, they're, they're breeding people from these things, or they make people from these things. And Earl King says, the process is distasteful. It's like, if the Earl King thinks it's distasteful right. with his hobbies, I don't want to know. <laughs> They're fueled on hate. Let's just use the Reavers for shorthand. The answer to that question is probably yes, and you don't want to know. So, oh, no, no. Uh, and this will not be the worst of it. <laughs> right. These again are the scouts. It only gets worse from here. Mm -hmm. So, All right. And listens to wind as the giant owl appears again, and he's a little stiff. He says he needs to do more yoga. <laughs> and River Shoulders is a little He's the worried about him. Indian, so. Sorry, we can do it just both. popped into my head, and now we're demonetized. <laughs> just we already were. <laughs> uh, uh, River Shoulders is still worried about listens to Wayne. Mobility routines are important for a human your age. And this is where we get uh, the confirmation that listens to Wind was his apprentice. Right. Calls him Tonka, which I think is a word for teacher. And a toy um, truck. <laughs> right. right. And uh, he's reporting back that uh, the good guys are getting hit pretty hard. They've got these gorilla squid things. And Harry says, Octacongs. And everyone turns to look at him as you said, what? They're mm -hmm. Octacongs. You have to have a specific name for them. How else can you fight them? I went to all the trouble to give them usable nomenclature. And River says, you said you named them Octacongs. And they're goofy looking, so what not? Uh, but they can carry rifles, crawl on the sides of buildings, hell of an advantage in the city. They're not good at shooting, but if you've got enough of them, they don't need to be able to aim. And then they've got the turtle necks, tactile necks, and the sniping at anyone with a radio, trying to get uh, 
communications down. And, and Harry brings up that the main king turtleneck is a guy named Listen, which is not at all confusing when you also have Listens to Wind. No, it's fine. Or the ability to listen. Hmm. Not enough of that going around. Never. Is a supernatural community. Talking is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And it's about time that they start leaving the castle to go do things or else they're going to get cut off from all help. Earl King says... Uh, let us go tell One Eye. If we go without him, you know how he gets. And listens to Wynn says, a lot of guys like that got control issues. It's to be expected. Okring mutters that Kringle suits him better. Kringle would suit anyone better, even you. Which, what the fuck does that mean? I, more the, mantle, <laughs> yeah, the mantle shifts their personality. So. Yeah, but to say that even the Earl King would be made better by being Kringle feels yeah. like it's implying things that well he'd be jollier he'd be less grumpy mm. i mean the first time you meet kringle he's all you know happy and and he's perfectly happy to go out and kill things too he's happy all the time no matter what you're doing they talk about how many people they can fit into the castle uh they're not really worrying about fire codes so maybe three or four hundred but that's not all of the city it'll still be good enough for them out of See, 8 I always million thought the people. castle would have been bigger than that. It's got to fit on one plot. How big? No, but I mean, even think? even their little ballroom thing that they were in seems like it could fit like at least a hundred people on its own. Right. Part of my problem is that they refer to this as a castle, but by our standards, maybe more like a keep, depending on the style of castle and the age of it. Right. So oh, right. there, I mean, it's, it's, not... it's a self-contained fortress, definitely, but it doesn't have the extended walls and the additional buildings and everything. You know? It's so... got an extra couple of rooms now that Mab went through. <laughs> right. It's got, got an extra space. hallway. It's got an extra hallway connecting it's the fine. storeroom. But the injured in there. Past that. Yeah. So it'll work out. River Shoulders and Harry have a discussion about friendship. Uh, <clears throat> he says, I'm so glad you're on my side. And it means you've got good taste. And that Harry was there when River Shoulders needed it, helped him with his kid. And so it'd be really lousy of him if he uh, counted the beans between us that close. But uh, yeah, Harry is fairly happy with the whole thing. And there's more fighting going on around and they haven't left yet. What the hell is they doing? <laughs> meandering. Yeah, they really are kind of meandering right now. Uh, and more people are leaving the castle. Okay, so Marcone and Gard and Hendrix and then Lara and a couple of her people. And then the White Council, Ebenezer listens to win Christos, Ramirez and all of the others. So they've got uh, three positions between the castle and the lake and they're heading for the opening between the northernmost two where uh, Etri and his people and the Summer Lady are going for the south side, so they're going to try to fortify all of it. If they don't stop the advance, then Ethne will never need to show herself, so they have to put up a good enough fight for her to reveal, and then they can attack her more. Right. Yep. Yeah, Gambit. Yeah, they have to force her to use the eye to make her weakness. The National Guard is mobilizing. Oh boy, does she. Yeah. Just a uh, couple times. The, the human military will be there eventually, but probably closer to dawn, and they can't last that long. Because they're slow as fuck. Plus, it's convenient for the story. Yes. They get it, there that, right away. 
that's the biggest thing really but. i mean it's believable because it you know you still have to marshal the force and this that, and the other thing but yeah and it's I taking mean, what all four hours for them to get there there are forts in pretty much every state it's not well the national guard right there's a contingent of national guard in every state since that the governor too. can call upon them and in the case of emergencies but yeah the well surprise, that's why they take out the communications so right being it's attacked by amphibious yet. creatures is not in the playbook by uh you know the national guard in i Chicago. guarantee you it is by the navy huh? seals <laughs> well yes but this is a different branch so they communicate not right now because the power's out but they communicate <laughs> yeah so everyone's got a supernatural contingency they just don't admit to it okay so that was chapter 10 and yes, chapter 11 is a bit more action packed. But I'll give us well, a it's good them running to the cemetery, so. Yeah. What I what I liked about 11 actually is that they start giving us street names, so you're kind of a, able to triangulate mm. where everything is and having walked on some of these streets or at least dangerously close to them, like so they they're going down Montrose for example, and if I didn't fuck up my inversion of the directions, the castle is north of Montrose. So Nick, Jim, if you guys are listening, you can correct me later if anybody else got a better beat. Because it's like they go down to Montrose and hook a left, right? And so knowing where they talk about where they are and the, that they're heading to Graceland, you know, Graceland is west of, you know, where they were at, basically. So, so I marched down to Montrose and turned east, heading down the streets at a trot. Okay. Until we got to Wells Park. Yeah, I I looked at the map at the time and then, you know, wrote it in the notes. But yeah, so um, but Montrose, part of why that's important is it goes to like Montrose Beach. And I think it's also the road that leads to the Montrose Bird Sanctuary, which showed up in mm. cold days. Right. So so again, you get some triangulation of where they are. And and um, so maybe I do have it backwards, but um but yeah, Someone so, someday will reverse walk it because too much time on their hands. And Oh, no. I mean, these guys already know that's part of why. Because like he so, for example, like here in a little bit, um, Ramirez takes a, a break at a bench and he's like, oh, I've sat on the same bench as Ramirez. You know, we've already had that conversation. So that's why I'm calling him out because he listens to the show, too. But um, but yeah. And then they talk about Wrigley being further south to them, which, you know, for some of the landmarks, like it's kind of central, but Wrigley is kind of like northwest if i remember right of like downtown proper um and but the bean by the way is literally across the street from downtown proper so for for reference there it's on the west side but across the street because that was like the first landmark that i saw um when i went downtown but it it was much more exciting actually knowing where things were and when they were getting blown up this time so more landmarks uh as ramirez is strategizing the enemy's northern arm came ashore at Montrose Beach. Lara's mercenaries are north of us in Uptown. They're holding the line at Lakeshore Drive, but they got pushed back to Sheridan. And Marcon's people are down south of us and they're dug in around Wrigley. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, Which is also important because that's the neighborhood that the carpenters are in. So, yeah. I need to actually pay attention to a map and I didn't bother doing it everyone doing this well and there's there's a like an unofficial dresden google map too that has like most of these landmarks on too so okay i i use that quite heavily while i was out there i was like if i'm passing by a landmark i want to know so mm -hmm. yeah uh and the 
other wardens are getting uh, rather worried of Ramirez because he's visibly in pain. Oh no. <laughs> he's not an and asshole they're going yet. to war. And yeah. I'm sorry, what was the other book that we, we came before this? He's not an asshole yet. What a comment. He hasn't he's not the biggest of the assholes yet. He you know by definition he is. <laughs> Uh, some banter between Ramirez and Wild Bill, worried about like if they have to retreat, he might not be able to keep up. Um, <laughs> Ripper shoulders like squats right next to uh, Chandler and says, "How do you do? Well, thank you." <laughs> as he's trying not to back up, <laughs> it just wouldn't be proper. So. No, it would be impolite, and Chandler would never do that. That British fortitude or some shit. Yeah. Chandler was too refined to take an intimidated step back, but he leaned. <laughs> and uh, Toot Toot shows up and he's uh, screaming, there is knavery afoot. Hmm. Uh, we didn't see them until they got there. The foe has sneakily snuck a sneak attack behind our lines like a sneaky sneak. What kind of right, Try attack? saying that five times fast. No, thank you. <laughs> but what kind of sneaky attack? The sneaky kind. They used veils and got up around behind the lines. Now they're in the park and they're up to something. Right. Which and, park? That one with all the dead bodies in it? Oh, shit. <gasps> <laughs> Which, I mean, honestly, it was like, oh, yeah, should have thought of that. You know, like there is an entire ancient graveyard that a couple of necromancers might make really good use of right now. So, nah, improbable. Yeah. This was like my second oh shit moment because it's like, we get necromancers too? <laughs> right. It was definitely like, oh God, they raised the whole cemetery. And I'm like, oh, at least they got there before they raised the whole cemetery. But yeah, it was definitely like, well, you're fucked. So. Uh, and then Harry points That's out the, Jason. <laughs> the drums. Uh, <clears throat> Ebenezer thinks it's a war drum. So, no, that's coming from Graceland. Uh, how many zombies could they get out of it? About 50 hectares worth of zombies? <laughs> right. All the zombies. I stopped counting at thousands, you know, so. <laughs> well, the ghosts too, I mean. Well, I don't and think it would stop. because of, yeah, because of the way necromancy works in Dresden, like just because they're old and decrepit actually makes them stronger, <laughs> you know, undead. Well, so. if they're stronger, you get more control over them. And theoretically, whatever ghosts are in there, you could double up. So you get the physical body and the specter of that same being. There you go. If you know what you're doing. Right. Which this crew seems to know what they're doing. They're so. undead. They, by <laughs> definition, know what they're doing. <laughs> Considering Dresden gave her the word, you know, then. Mm. I'm pretty sure they know how to do this anyway. Yeah. They are, again, undead. Right. So, That's why they're so uh, scared of necromancy. Ebenezer has to figure out how to balance all the things that they're doing. So he's going to take the big guns, which is himself and Christos, to go help the other allies. And pass uh, Harry and the rest of them to deal with the necromancers because he knows the city. He's done this before. Necromancer's familiar. Damn it, you've got the job. Right. Dresden, the wardens, listens to Wind and River. Um, well, he says, take the wardens and Sasquatch, and then listens to Wind as a raven, lands on Harry's shoulder and starts cawing. Yeah. It's like, no Redneck. discipline at all. Redneck. Right. Yeah. But I mean, especially since we met these, these wardens, you know, uh, dealing with Kemlerites and everything like there was there was some symmetry here so yes and you'll notice they didn't do any better this time around either <laughs> well apparently they're still baby wardens or were so they've Ebenezer learned exactly says, as much in the preceding period of time 
and says, do not pull your punches tonight. Yeah, that's always been my biggest problem. All this restraint. <laughs> and when Harry goes to the wardens and explains uh, while Bill is so excited, like, yeah, necromancers. I like shooting zombies. I got a patch and everything. And immediately made me think of Justin. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the idea is to stop He is them. a little too excited. He's like really like, oh yeah, oh, well, that's great. I'm sure it doesn't come back to bite him in the ass later. (laughs) Right. Uh, Yes. So just one other note here, because I kind of mentioned it earlier, but Montrose runs along the north side of Graceland. So that kind of gives some perspective. And from where they are, Inez is a little closer to their side. But, you know, Inez is kind of like upper middle, like, you know, north middle of, of where the cemetery is on the west side, because... Anyway, since that's where they kind of wind up here in a little bit. Uh, River shoulders can't stand necromancers. They make the earth scream. Yeah. Uh, Ramirez can't run, so River's going to give him a hand and literally picks him up in a hand as a sheep. And they go to Graceland and they pass by the statuary mausoleums and the various like random Greek temple I've walked past all of those. So yeah, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> right, of Greek temples in the middle of Chicago. Cool. Yep. Um, and Inez is there, right? Or is she? There by the statue. Yeah. Yeah. They, okay. They were, yeah. Yes, she the statue was there. It's not running around, but this is also not Halloween. It's friggin' June or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. And, and if she had been there, they would have probably just scooped her up anyway, because they're like, ooh, we don't even need the ritual for your ass. She so. probably would have been happy. She would have been like, oh, cool, I get to kill things. Right. Well, Harry specifically says he knows that it had been used as a conduit by Mab mm-hmm. when uh, in Ghost Story. Yeah, but she's her statue's been gone before. Yes. Before that. She right. is a thing. Whatever. Even if, she's, if she was used as a conduit, if she was just a proxy... She is her own thing. Dead beat. Yeah. Her statue was gone. Yep. And it's a well-established legend. So. All right. They are being stealthy. There are seven necromancers, and mm. four of them had nearly destroyed Chicago in Dead Beat, but now they have seven. Hey. And the power's already out. Oh yeah, six right. casters and a drummer. And they're all cloaked, and they don't know who they are. They're probably with the FOMAR, and so they're bad guy leftovers from somewhere in a circle, and they've got a prisoner up on a slab that they're going to uh, sacrifice and whatnot. As you do. And, yeah. But they're not going to do anything fancy. River Shoulders is just going to go and attack them from behind, and the wardens are going to get their attention. Simple is good. You could shoot them. It's the handiest way. Uh River Shoulders turns into a massive owl and then flies away, causing Wild Bill to say, Jesus Remington Winchester Christ, he's a wizard? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's just not fair. Harry says, don't complain, he's on our side. And Wild Bill says, I'll take two. <laughs> I thought that was a good response. So they all sneak in line with each other and Harry is the... What, first one up, but he doesn't do his shield yet, and everyone else gets their things was ready. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like Wild Bill has a staff out of his gun or something. Yeah, he's got runes on his gun. He's got a Winchester, and then you know, enchanted bullets, I guess, and and the rifle. So yeah, so he one has learned the... some things since Deadbeat. 
-hmm. One of the oh, cooler magical gear things we've seen for a long time. Oh yeah, like, I really liked them. Mm -hmm. Magic gun was cool. Yeah, I mean, it's cooler happy. if it was effective. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he he's shown he's shown to have some skills with artifice, right? Because he's also he made his own Bowie knife in in the same realm as the warden swords. Mm. Um, so I mean, there's some style points there, but it's also entirely possible that it's a Bowie knife instead of like a cavalry saber because you know he doesn't have enough skill to enchant more. I don't know, but. You know, it, it's Did very he make wild that himself, west, or was that made for him? I thought it was. I thought he made it. I thought they brought that up because they talk about it a little bit in peace talks and somewhere else. Um, I thought so, but he certainly the the point being like the warden swords as often as not are used for decapitation, and he ain't decapitating anybody with a freaking Bowie knife, like regardless of its size. So it's true. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh... They sneak up into position, and Harry has his gigantic revolver and shoots at the drummer. And two things happen. Uh, the bullet passes through the plane of the circle, destroys the circle and all of the magic stuff that is holding inside. And the bullet passes right through where the drummer's liver should have been. And the head uh, whips around and looks at him. And, and the evil music stops. Uh, yeah. Uh, then the, the description of how weird she looks it's the vampire of the Black Court, and Harry knows her and says, Mavra of the Black Court, you've got a permit for raising zombies in my town. <laughs> right. I swear, the, the second he said Mavra, I was like, I was like, who the fuck are the other six guys? Right. <laughs> if she's the drummer. If she's yeah. the least. Yeah. The it, bigger and better versions of her. Yeah. <laughs> she brought all her big brothers this time, so. And, and she just looks, oh, it's you. And just, yeah. What the fuck? And this is when my betrayal felt the strongest. Is he said she wasn't gonna be in these books? Yeah, and here we are. So that, but I would, it was also so much fun. It it sucks how the rest of this goes because this has some of the best lines in the book again. And Dresden is so mouthy, and then it just goes to shit immediately. You know, because yeah. you know, like she starts explaining to Dracul like who he is like he's the wizard yep I'm in the phone book and everything mm -hmm. uh, and then in the name of the city of Chicago and by the authority of Cook County in the state of Illinois I order you to cease any and all supernatural activity and return forthwith to your place of origin or the next convenient parallel dimension but he doesn't <laughs> even know who he's Harry. talking to you know yeah exactly I mean I, mean, I just when I went like who the who the fuck are these other six guys? And then like a couple lines later, she's like, I recommend something, something, my lord. And I was like, Oh, yeah, she's, oh, there yeah. are seven yeah. black court things, and Mavra says, My lord, may I suggest violence? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when like, she said that, I was just like classy. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah, Dracul very uh, not that Harry knows who he is yet, but he's uh, crazy looking. His eyes are dark and black and empty of a soul, and he's like what eight feet tall, black hair and grace. I don't know. Um, Fifteen dogs with chains. And this is also just... a new new piece of lore, right? Because there's Dracul, the the demon, the hound lord, which is this guy who apparently created the Black Court, and right. his son joined the Black Court for some reason. No, Dracula. With Dracula. I thought so. Dracula was the progenitor, right? In a, in a way, but he did it as a point of rebellion to Dracul. But I guess yeah. Dracul's kind of taken. He turned himself into thing. this thing and did this, and they were all. And he was not impressed with them, but they're there and they're useful. So you yeah. might as well. Right. 
And yeah, so it it is potentially a kind of retcon or something compared to like Words of Jim and some other stuff we've had to go on before, but we'll find out, I imagine. We shall see. Either way, it's his son and it's got his <laughs> upward progression is still... You're still going to respect the heck out of the guy who's on Mab's level more yeah. than you are Dracula, right. necessarily. So after Harry's proclamation of you will stop and kick yourself into the next parallel dimension, and Ramirez is choking, and, and Wild Bill's like, oh, great. And Yoshimo didn't know who uh, he was talking to, but Chandler says, that is Dracul. And Harry's, oh, shit. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Dracul smiled as if genuinely delighted and said, wise enough to know, but not wise enough to run. Wizards, arrogant, take them, my children, and that is the end of the chapter and where we will leave off. Yay. We did Yay. it. Really, it stopped there? Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, I that's a perfectly natural place to stop. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, yeah, I didn't break out at chapter 12 in my notes, that's why. So this whole thing ran together. Mm-hmm. Hey, we did a good progress this time. Did we? Okay. Three chapters, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Versus two. <laughs> wow, look at look at the progress we've made. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just wait until we get to the fighting and you do kind of have to go blow by blow. Like, yeah. yeah. We're still able to skip over a lot of this shit because it's like, well, then then this person gets ganked and this person gets eaten and this person's in a black hole. So Yeah, but these the next couple chapters are gonna be probably mm-hmm. slow because there's big shit happening. But right. that it's gonna take us four weeks to get to because in the two weeks we were going to talk to Jim. So uh, yeah. The, so the rest of y'all are just going to have to read this book. Yeah. All right. Plug any. Do your plug, homework. Plug, plug. Plug what? Plug anything. We have nothing. So you can send me money at the following account. No. <laughs> well, you have with this... Is the other podcast next week. Yeah, uh, come listen to whatever we're going to talk about when we talk about whatever we talked about while we weren't recording. Yeah, we completely changed our topic last time and made it a food fight. Right. So we can go back to, uh, what was it supposed to be? Um, things that should have succeeded but didn't. You know? Yeah. So, like, how do, how do you fuck this up, Disney or, you know, whoever? Mm. So. Or anyone else. It doesn't have to be Star Wars. I've actually got an even better example than Star Wars for Disney. But, yeah, uh, that's good. Yeah, nobody cares. So probably not. Is it Artemis Fell? Nope. Oh no, my that, fucking god! That would probably be a good one too, but I don't have the investment in the history with that that series. I read that as a kid growing up. I've only seen the trailer, and I do not need to see any more than that. See what you did? That's fine. We're at the end of the episode. <laughs> how can you? How can you? Mm.